Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I'm your host, Raven Scott, and I welcome you to the show. The podcast is growing so quickly, and I am so grateful for your sharing and reviews. As a reminder, this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional therapy. Grab your free gifts, including a free narc abuse recovery workshop, free sparkle reminders sent to your inbox every Saturday for a year, and a free ticket to the live virtual Embrace Yourself workshop on October 18th. Grab your free workshop now at ravenscott.show forward slash free workshop and follow the steps to get the other gifts at ravenscott.show forward slash empath and the narcissist. We are on a mission to dispel the narcissist's power one soul at a time through this podcast, my book, Empath and the Narcissist, and an app coming January 2023. People have to pretend you're a bad person so they don't feel guilty about the things they did to you. Being the black sheep is hard. And our guest today, Kathy Hennessy, knows that firsthand. A licensed clinical social worker. She has a background in research and has been a psychotherapist for 14 years. She is licensed in five states and has a private practice in Massachusetts. Kathy works with adolescents and adults who struggle with anxiety, depression, ADHD, school and career stress, and life transitions. She really enjoys working with individuals and couples who have relationship issues. And she's diving deeper into this concept about being the black sheep, which was something that was illuminated in her own personal life recently, has come to find that she needed to write a book and do research on this concept of being the black sheep and personally is constantly posting empowerment messages and quotes to help us embrace who we are as unique individuals versus feeling guilt and shame about being the black sheep. And I found her on Instagram and uh, we connected. I said, I would love to have you on the podcast to share your story, your experience and your expertise. So I'm so excited to share her with you. And this is such a really great post that you need to go find her on Instagram at being underscore the underscore black underscore sheep. And her logo on her account is a black sheep. And she posted this really cool post that you just have to go see, but I'll try and describe it to you. It's an elephant and its ears are butterfly wings. And the quote says, dare to be different. No one ever made a difference by being the same as everyone else. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Kathy. We are back today again on the Empath and the Narcissist podcast. We are here. I am here joined with Kathy Hennessy. Thank you so much for being here, Kathy. Thanks for inviting me. Pleasure yeah, to be we here. connected. Yeah, we connected on Instagram. Uh, funny enough. Always kind of going through to find some amazing people contributing to this mental health area and really shedding some light on some things. And I saw yours and I really connected with it. The things that you had posted, talking about the black sheep. And a lot of us empaths, um, a lot of my listeners, we relate to being the black sheep of our family. And I think it can be really isolating and lonely at times. Indeed. 
Um, what are your thoughts on the black sheep and why do you have your platform kind of based around that? Um, well, I've always felt different in my family and that was told I am too sensitive and uh, that I'm different and that I'm not doing things the way I'm supposed to. And uh, so it was during the pandemic. So in 2020, um, you know, just struggling with my relationships, mostly with my sibling. And um, I just started doing more of my own work and figuring out why am I struggling so much? what can I learn about me? Cause I'm not going to change them. Uh, and so was kind of looking for a book to better understand being the black sheep and couldn't find anything. So, uh, was like, well, maybe I'll write the book that I was looking for and I'll get my healing along the way, as well as helping other people also searching for that, trying to figure out their place in their family or in the world. And so, um, yeah, so I started doing, uh, I created a survey, uh, that is now that is completed, did that for a year, um, and just targeted people on Instagram that tagged black sheep some way. And, um, and now I'm doing interviews to kind of get more personal stories um, and hope to wrap that up by the end of the year and diving into actually like writing the book so oh that's amazing so you're in the full process of writing this book and really gleaning information from all those who relate to being the black sheep that's so important and so needed yeah i mean there are some people i think that i'm still missing because they had such trauma that they were like why am i gonna dig into this to help you (laughs) i'm like you don't have to like you know that's for you and your therapist to do i get it yeah. you know but other people that felt like they could and they wanted to share their story like oh my god yes you know and just felt good even just filling out the survey and feeling seen and hurt you know and that can be healing in and of itself like other people get me you know yeah absolutely so, yeah so it's been interesting so far and uh, you know, I have about you know, less than 10 interviews so far, uh, but I've got a bunch scheduled. And so it is interesting to hear the different stories and why, you know, if black sheep is the one that cut themselves off from the family or the family who said, don't ever talk to me again. Uh, and then people that are just still struggling, you know, with how much contact they have yeah that's a really difficult aspect is like how much do i continue to be enmeshed how much do i continue to put up with is it just like i'm quirky and i'm the black sheep and i own it and everyone's fine with it or is it like you really feeling alienated and being ostracized because of it and there being like a toxic uh environment around that typically with narcissistic parents right or siblings, you you find that when you're interacting with them, there's a lot of manipulation, there's a lot of guilt and shame in your interaction. 
And for me, I identify that where I would stand up for something and I would kind of just call something out as I saw it truthfully. And I remember one time I, I, there was so much backlash I got reprimanded and like, then it was gas. I was gaslit. Like what I said was completely false. And because of this, this, and this reason, and I ended up walking out of there, like I was sad and I was upset that I was being, you know, talked to that way. But then also it was, I left and I was like, I, I ended up saying, thank you. I'm so grateful for you being in my life. Like I was so mind twisted by the end of that, that my truth became the lie. And I was the one who needed their help. And it was eerie. Like a few days later, I, I kind of awoke from the fog and realized, oh my gosh, I was just manipulated just like I was in my romantic relationship. And it's like for so long, I had not seen it because it's like your family and you're used to it. And that's all you know. Have you experienced other people accounting certain scenarios like that? Yeah, there, there is a lot. I, you do find a lot of narcissism and black sheep together, um, which is interesting. Um, and I think also, you know, the codependent is part of that too. And I think that that's, um, there's so much guilt and shame thrown out there that like, well, you have to conform because it's all about family. And yet, it's toxic and so you know it does i think it messes with how you view and interact with the world you know it when your primary people in your life are making you feel like you're crazy that you can't trust your own instinct you know and how that then uh, permeates into the workplace mm -hmm. into your romantic relationships or even in how you parent your kids, you know, because you were told so many times that what you're thinking, what you're feeling or what you observed is not true, you know, or that you're too sensitive or you're twisting or you're taking it the wrong way. You know, then it's like, why should I trust myself? That's true. Yeah. And you start to question yourself and you just, it's just easier to give in to that manipulation because they work so hard to to do it. And it takes a lot of mental strength to resist it. It's like this giant weight collapsing on you is like, okay, might as well just give up and just let it kind of sit there. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the few times in my life in which, you know, I was feeling all of this, angst or sadness or anxiety about spending time with my family of origin um i frequently felt and i was told too that well it's you you know i was even told i don't have these problems with anyone else except you so therefore it's hard not to think like why am i having a problem you know well yeah, I'm sensitive, but because they're insensitive, <laughs> you know, and make rude, prude, socially unacceptable, like, comments, you know, I'm appropriately sensitive, you know, 
Yeah, they're making really rude yeah. comments. Yeah, and and it's very um, the lack of empathy there, which is always a, a trait of either being extremely self-centered or a narcissist. Yeah, it, they say things, and then you are just a person of integrity. Because I think a lot of people socially, they don't want to confront um, issues, right? They don't want to like call people out on saying something wrong because then it puts them in a fight-or-flight mode. But I think when you are a part of right. the system and you start to wake up in your family unit, you'll say something because you're just like fed up with hearing it because you've heard it for so long. And it's like, yeah, they don't they don't have this issue with other people because they're not with them long enough <laughs> for for the other people to call them out. Yeah, right. Right. And and friends like get to go home and, you know, don't have to spend too much time. So, you know, our friends we can like blow off their fault and like, well, we had a good enough time anyway, you know? Um, but you know, family installs your trigger button. They know exactly which ones to push. We don't tend to behave that same way with friends, you know, but family, mm -hmm. that history is, can be so toxic and yeah. I love that you said family installs the trigger buttons because that is the most triggering, right? So many people struggle around the holidays with going like de hand dealing with depression or anxiety, having to go back to the family of origin to celebrate when that's the last place their body ever wants to go. Right. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. you sit there and you do feel like the black sheep and then you feel shame and blame for being different or you know, being against the grain or having, you know, unique ideas that when you're all by yourself and with other people and in your circle, you feel are really fascinating and, and really great. And that's like part of your strengths. But your strength all of a sudden becomes your weakness when you're around them. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely a different person uh, around my family than I am around friends. Like I'm much freer and relaxed around friends. I'm not worried they're going to say something rude and insulting. You know, um, and, you know, when I so in my journey, I've started speaking up because you're right. Like I silenced myself. For years, I did it in my first marriage. I did it with my family of origin. I still frequently do it because it's not worth the fight. Yeah, because I know it's going to be one. But occasionally now I'm like trying to find my voice. And I have called out family members when they have said something rude and got, that was rude. And, oh, sorry. Like, and, and then it's blown over and we move on rather than now I'm like hanging on to, I can't believe she said that. Like, you know, um, so I am calling some things out more, but there's still like, I'm just trying to have a peaceful life. And so that feels contrary to calling out bad behavior. Right. Because I know the kind of reaction I'm going to get. And yet by not doing that, I'm still silencing my voice. And so it's kind of like this battle that I'm having, trying to figure out the dance steps <laughs> to take. Yeah. <laughs> Which battle to pick. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So I'm, I'm taking more of the avoidance tact of like just not spending much time with them or talking to them because 
then that reduces the chances I have to make this choice of peace or standing up for myself, you know? Yeah. And sometimes that is the best way because we can't change them. And if they're continuing to spew all this poison and all this kind of gaslighting towards us, you wouldn't put yourself in a physical dangerous situation over and over. So why do it emotionally? Yeah. And I think there's a big taboo about not going to family around the holidays or in general because, you know, they're your family and you should always love them. What do you say to that concept of like blood is thicker than water? It's interesting because I have, I always thought it was very sad when family members didn't talk to each other because I, I felt like family is everything. And I do feel that way, particularly with the family I created. Um, but now I'm feeling like I'm in this position of like, my, I'm not enjoying my family of origin. And frequently I'm getting that pit in my stomach. I'm bored because they're talking like we're not, we don't have mutual interests. And so they're, I'm like, you know, why am I here? (laughs) Can we get off this topic? Yeah. Why are we talking about cats or birds or whatever? Like random stuff that you have no interest. Right. So, uh, right. So why do I want to even be there if I'm bored or silencing myself or, you know, or or tense, wondering what's going to be said next. And so it's going to be interesting because my mother passed in April. And mm-hmm. so now holidays are going to be different. And I mean, my family I created, you know, I have one married, one getting married in September. And so... As far as holidays, I can easily host and have a full house where my family of origin don't need to come. But how's that going to go over? You know, so I, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, I've already like skipped some holidays and be like, oh, well, you know, we're all, and the pandemic has helped. Like, well, pandemic, right? <laughs> like, I'm one of the people that like enjoyed the pandemic. And I think that that. It was really what the light bulb for me was like, there was so little tension. I mean, there was tension for different reasons, right? Like we all know in the beginning, like what is happening and what do I need to pivot? Um, And, you know, all of my clients, you know, being stressed to the max and all of that. But then like after that, so like, you know, by summer of 2020, I was like, I'm enjoying not seeing my family like all the time. And, and I think that was kind of like the light bulb. It was like, hmm, I need to pay attention to this, you know? Yeah. Cause I love that. Like for years, I was like, oh, you know, obligation, I gotta do it. Right. It's always an obligation. Right. Rather than enjoyment, I would rather have enjoyment than obligation. Yeah, 100%. Life is too short to be constantly in this obligatory fight or flight mode. Yeah, right. stressful. Right. Now, do you, do you have any conclusions so far in your studies that kind of, 
like what makes a certain person a black sheep? Like, or are we just going to born with a certain energy that is maybe, I don't know, more emotionally mature than our family? Like, what, what do you think about why black sheep exist? Well, I have been thinking about that. And, and that was like one of my questions. Like, why do you think you were chosen by the family? be the black sheep as opposed to one of your other siblings or cousins or whatever. And um, it tends to all come down to the same. Like I was different. I spoke the truth. I, you know, called things out. And so it makes me wonder if like, you know, we're just born that way and that the older we get, the more we're expressing what's coming up for us and it's different so regardless how different it's different and so there's this movement to try to make the same you know that we don't talk that way we you know just don't worry about that and you know because I remember like so thinking about coming on today with your focus being the empath narcissist that like our empaths born, right? Which I think, or are they created as a survival mechanism? The woman that I was talking to yesterday was saying that one, she thinks that she was born an empath and she was very creative in the first like eight years of her life. And then things changed in her life and she had to learn to be in tune with what is going on with people. So what mood was this person in? Like she had to read the room so she knew how to behave. So even if she was um, born a certain way and sensitive, like she really had to hone those skills as survival, Mm. you know, Uh, which I makes total sense, but I hadn't really put it together in that way that, that she had shared, uh, which I think is so important because, you know, if we were able to conform, we would have, right? Because then we, it's not fun being the black sheep. It's not fun being made fun of or treated differently, having different rules for me than for my siblings or, right? Like, that's not fun. So we wouldn't have chosen it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So that's where I think like we're born and then it just becomes harder and harder for our family members to deal with, you know, and, but I think there's still like so many black sheep are, you know, wear it as a badge of honor, like damn straight. I'm different. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't want to be the same. You know, even if there's hurt there, there's still this badge of honor, you know, that, that, yeah, we think different, we're in tune, we're call things out as they are rather than how they're made out to be, you know, with, with the narcissists and codependence and just all of that, that changes what is reality for us. Yeah. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I mean, I always say, you know, keep your unique light shining at the end of every podcast because I do believe you're right. I think 
We're all born with a unique light and some shine a little bit brighter. Some of us might have more mature souls. Um, but yeah, in the thick fog of living this kind of earth life, we, we end up with people who kind of snuff our light. And we, like you said, you have to put up with coping mechanisms to figure out, you know, how to survive without being continually, you know, put outside of the tribe. You know, and I, I wonder if it goes back also to, uh, I don't know, maybe not, but I was just, I was reading a book recently called Mother to Maiden, and it just brings this thought to mind, like so many women kind of keep our, you know, magic in the shadows because it was, we were burned at the stake essentially for being witches. And it's like the same thing, like the energy of the empath is here to try and shift the collective, but at the same time, we're trying not to be burned at the stake. And so we're like coming up with coping mechanisms, right? Right. Right. Well, and, you know, we're all socialized differently. So men are socialized differently than women, of course, different cultures. Um, yeah. I mean, so many women, particularly once they become moms, I think, like, put themselves at the bottom of the list, if they're on the list at all, take uh, care of, right? Um, and. You know, that's even though it's 2022 and women have been in the workforce for, you know, 40 years. Uh, I mean, women have always been in the workforce, but like in mass um, that, you know, we're still struggling with that socialization of how we're supposed to behave. But there's still plenty of uh, male black sheep out there that, you know, but then they're socialized to not have any emotions. And so if you have black sheep who's sensitive that's bad you know it's very sad because who are our healers who are our creators you know and we're trying to snuff that light out mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and men are taught to be quiet men are taught to not cry men are yeah they're taught to not feel and so they've just gone numb like their beautiful empath light has just been hidden under a bowl and they're just numb and they're just kind of working the patriarchal system that's hurting them too, just grinding away, making money day in, day out, trying providing for the house and that, that soul sucking as well. So how, what do we do with this shame? I know some people might be embracing their black sheep and they're like, hell yeah, I am the black sheep. And I was just struggling with this, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And my husband brought up the thought is like, well, what if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you know, you as a black sheep, you are the right one and they're wrong. Like, what if you're not a black sheep at all? Like, why are you identifying as this black sheep keeping you in this victimhood? So how do we, how do we break free from staying in this victim title of being the black sheep? Well, I think, I think that's going to be a different journey for everyone, obviously. Uh, I think it's owning our gifts figuring out how much contact have with people try to dim our light uh, and finding your tribe of the people who love you exactly who you are warts and all um, and I think that's where you were the black sheep of your family of origin but you're not the rest of your life you know and so like i have a friend she's 71 
she identified as the black sheep and she couldn't bring herself to do my study. She's like, I just don't identify that way anymore. She's like, I'm a goddess. <laughs> she was. But like she was able to move past that, right? That's like, yes, that was a part of my story. But it's so far gone now that I this is who I am now. And so I think that it is important to get out of that victim. You know, just like, yeah, I was a bratty teenager. I'm not that person anymore either. Right? And so in this family of origin, I was the black sheep. And maybe, you know, I know I can say that I struggled for a long time. My first marriage was a very similar situation where I definitely changed so much about me based on what he liked and didn't like. Uh, like I toned down my music. I toned down my clothing choices. I toned down like a lot of things, even though that was what was attractive in the first place. But now being in a relationship where I am loved specifically for all of those things that other people don't is so freeing. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm the black sheep with that particular group. But in other groups, I'm not. And she said, I'm fabulous. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't mean like, you know, I think that we can easily, like whenever we get back together with our family of origin, we all fall back into those roles so easily. So, you know, I think people... And you'd have contact origin, you know, it's easy to fall back into it. So, you know, making sure that it just stays there and it doesn't start creating the rest of your life again. So mm. that embrace all the things that they didn't like. <laughs> you know, that made that make you you and being okay with that. So that's acceptance. Who I am, and you can either like me or not. Uh, but that's hard for a lot of people. A lot of people are like, but I want people to like me. That's where that like codependent, you know, comes in and people pleasing. It's like, well, they should like the authentic you, not the fake you that you're trying to be, you know. And like in my practice, it's hard when I have like clients who have a very social so to be able to say but these people are toxic to you but if i you know go no contact with them hmm. so so those people are tough but i think if you find your yeah. tribe it's easier to distance yourself from the talk you know so i think finding tribe it's like a catch-22 for those types of people because They've lost trust in people because of the toxic people in their lives. But at the same time, they can't let go of them because then they ha they'll be all right. alone and have nobody. I, I yeah. totally resonate with that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know that I'll ever mm -hmm. go no contact, but I definitely have low contact. Uh, I, like I said, I just don't enjoy them. Like, I don't like them. They don't like me. There's love there, though. Like, I know if something happened, we would all be there. 
So there's still a bond, but we're not friends. And that's okay. Yeah, that's true. Being able to accept that that's okay. Because a lot of us feel like, well, if we don't 100% get along and jive and like are friends with our family, then there's something wrong with us. But that's, that's not the case. You know, do you agree that that that's not the case at all? Yeah, I think that. Yeah, like I, there are some people that feel like there's just too much bad to have any contact at all. And, you know, getting coming to that decision um, is not easy. Uh, but others can have enough contact that there's some kind of connection. But no, you're not going to spend time socially or, you know, talk all the time there you know that's what i'm trying to do like i don't want to go completely no contact but <laughs> right check in make sure you're breathing okay good great glad you're still alive <laughs> right you can see i'm active on social media that's all you need to yeah. <laughs> exactly um another thing that popped up for me when you were talking about um you know that low contact and the interacting with your family while you're still trying to figure this out is that whole term boundaries, right? Is developing boundaries for yourself and allowing yourself maybe to walk out early if things just get too uncomfortable and you're starting to get gaslit. You're like, you know what? I really have to get whatever excuse you need to make or you just say, this is enough. I need to go and like walk out. Right. What do you think about people are, I mean, take some, some guts, but do you think, um, how would you advise a sensitive empath who don't want to hurt people's feelings to use boundaries? Um, well, I definitely encourage people to, if they're going somewhere, bring their own car, right? So then they have that option of just leaving. Um, if they can't be fully honest as to why they need to go, there's a boatload of excuses I'm sure that they can come up with. Um, but yeah, limiting contact and making sure there's an escape route you know so by having uh and i've worked like with people that are like yeah but she wants to, to pick us up come up with an excuse why you need your own car have your own car so then if they start down that same road you can say i'm not feeling well i'm leaving you know or i've asked you to stop you haven't stopped i'm gonna go um but it is, I, you know, it, it can be hard to break out of that, those types of relationships and takes a lot of guts. Uh, but it's, it's worth it. It's feeling like you're getting control of the situation again, rather than always feeling like the victim that I, I have no power in that situation. I can stand up and now I'm going to be accused of causing trouble and being the crazy one. and you know, being too sensitive, taking things too far, right? Or, you know, just sitting there and taking it. So having some control of, you know, I'm going to come for a little while and I'm going to go. I'm not going to have too much to drink, so I'm not going <laughs> to say things that I'm going to regret later, right? Like, you know, I think there are ways to do it, but I think having friends that love your partner 
that love you for who you are helps to remind you that you're not the person that family makes you out to be. I think we can all heal from this. Some people need to do trauma work. Um, but most of us just need to accept who we are and the gifts that we've been given. And I love, you know, I've seen a lot of um, posts that say, you know, black sh sheep are, were sent here to uh, break the generational curses. And while I don't know if I understand or believe the whole, you know, sent here that, you know, it was fate that we ended up where we are, but it certainly feels good <laughs> to um, think that we were created for a, a purpose to make changes in a generational line. And I feel that I have done that with uh, my kids, that I definitely have a different relationship with my kids than I had with my mom because I was uh, more open to hearing what they had to say. And so um, I think it's just, like I said, you know, accepting who you are and the gifts rather than the negative aspect of the faults. Um, I think we have gifts and embracing them and finding other people in our lives that embrace them as well. Yeah. And you might need therapy to help with that um, or self-help books, which is what I hope my book will help people with or combination. So that is, that is my hope, but I am uh, an optimist. <laughs> so, uh, yes, <laughs> I am as well a forever optimist. And I do know that there is hope. And I love that you're changing the patterns, the ancestral patterns with your children. That is one of the biggest goals in my life as well. So yes, as empaths, as black sheep, we are all here to shift the collective um, evolve into more mature souls and break the toxic patterns of our ancestry. Thank you so much for being here. I truly appreciated your expertise and your input into this topic. It's been amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I hope to stay in touch. Thank you so much, everybody. Yes, perfectly said, beautifully spoken. I cannot agree anymore like amazing thank you so much for being here thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and i can't wait to read your book when it comes out keep us posted on that yeah make sure everyone you if you enjoyed this podcast episode take a screenshot and share it to your instagram stories and tag myself at raven scott show and kathy at being underscore un the underscore black underscore sheep Thank you again for listening and reviewing and sharing this podcast with all of your fellow empaths of the world. And remember, always keep your unique light shining.
Swear I won't forget this, why do I regret this? In my mind reckless, thoughts are feeling endless Sitting up I'm breathless, anxiety's infectious I feel so defenseless, betrayed and embarrassed I hate being open, I hate being broken I feel like an ocean filled up with emotion Anger ain't a potion, rub it on like lotion I can feel it soaking, reopen, the scars have awoken I can't move on till I let go I feel so lost, never at home Need to be strong, every breath hold Cause I can't move on till I let go